Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Bill Telephone Education Series. Tonight, we'll be talking about um, selecting glasses for a child with low vision, and we are fortunate to have Dr. Bill Takeshita, Chief of Optometric Services and Coordinator of Children's Program for the Center of the Par- Center for the Partially Sighted, uh, providing this lecture. And we're just really pleased that Grail Institute can bring, can, can, is partnering with the uh, Center for the Partially Sighted to um, offer this service. So without further ado, I'd like to just introduce Dr. Bill to Keshida. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Sue, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in this evening. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Now that it's back to school, I'm certain a lot of you as parents and teachers, you're kind of tired from a long day at work, but really appreciate you tuning in. Also would like to give special thanks to Mr. Joe Yurka of Airs LA, who is recording this. This podcast will be put up on the Internet, and it will be available at www.airsla, that's A-I-R-S-L-A dot org. And it will also be up at the Braille Institute website at www.brailleinstitute.org. So tonight we're going to talk about a topic that many, many parents and teachers have many questions about, and this relates to the fact of fitting children with glasses. Now what we know is that for many, many children who are visually impaired, one of the first treatments that we may recommend for the child is prescription glasses. We often ask the question, why do children need to wear prescription glasses? Well, the main reason that a person would benefit from wearing glasses is that it can improve how clearly that the child sees. The way that vision works is that light rays from the environment or the world It comes towards the eyes and it enters the child's eyeball. Then those light rays are then supposed to focus in the back of the eye on the retina. Now, in some cases, the child's eyes may not be able to focus those light rays very sharply on the retina. And as a result, the child's vision might be very, very, very blurred. For example, we see that there are many children who are born prematurely and they may have a high degree of nearsightedness. What this means is that their vision is such that they could only see things clearly when the object is perhaps three or four or five inches from their eyes. If it's further away from their eyes than three, four, or five inches, the object is blurred. And as a result, many of these children are hesitant to reach out for objects because they just can't see it clearly. Or these are the kids who often are delayed in crawling or walking because they don't see those toys or other objects that are across the room very clearly. So when these kids are fit with glasses to improve their distant sight, we often see that it may help to develop their eye-hand coordination. It may develop their crawling, their balance, and also their walking skills. There's other children who may have other types of eye problems, such as farsightedness. We see that many, many children are born farsighted, and what this forces a child to do is it forces a child to exert a lot of muscular effort to try to see things clearly. For these kids, very often they become tired of trying to focus to see things clearly, 
And as a result, they don't focus and they see things very, very blurred. We know that children who have farsightedness that is often uncorrected, this is one of the leading causes or leading predictors of eye fatigue when a child is trying to learn to perform fine motor skills or if a child is beginning to learn the alphabet or beginning to read, the child who has farsightedness that has not been corrected with glasses, these kids may often benefit from wearing glasses and this could make a world of difference in their academic performance. There's other times that we'll see that a child may also have astigmatism. And astigmatism is a situation in which the eye is not perfectly round. And as a result, when these children look at certain things, certain parts of it may be clear and other parts of it may be blurry. So, for example, if a child who has astigmatism is looking at the letter T, capital T, they may see the vertical lines going up and down as being very, very sharp, and then the horizontal line of the T is very blurred. So for these kids, glasses could really improve how clearly they see things, and it could really improve many aspects of their daily performance. A second reason that doctors may prescribe glasses for children is that glasses can also be used to straighten the alignment of the eyes of a child. Many children who have low vision, they have a condition called strabismus. And strabismus is when the eyes are either crossed inward or the eyes might be pointing outward or you might even have one eye that's pointing upward while the other is pointing downward. Well, glasses can be used to help these kids to not see double vision. Generally, when children have strabismus, they may see double vision, and this double vision can cause them to trip and stumble and fall, or they might be very clumsy as they're reaching for things, or we might even see that these kids often will turn their head as they're doing things visually. They may wink or close one eye as they're trying to perform a task. So we can give them glasses that have a prism and the prism can eliminate their double vision. A third reason that we may prescribe glasses for children is some children have very, very good vision in one eye, and the other eye is very, very poor. When we see that a child has very unequal vision between the two eyes, glasses are often prescribed just for protection. The reason for this is that many children, if they have unequal vision between the two eyes, their depth perception is often very poor. Because their depth perception is poor, these kids may sometimes walk right into the corner of a door, or we see that these kids may trip over steps and curbs and such. We also see that sometimes kids are just kids, and they fall or they have an accident. We've had many kids who are carrying their pencils, inside the classroom and they have tripped or somebody tripped them or something happened and the pencil penetrated and pierced their good eye. So glasses are another means of protecting the stronger eye and we often like the kids to wear these types of glasses when they're playing in the playground during recess. A last reason that we may prescribe glasses is that we could also help children who have different issues. For example, 
Number one, if they are very, very sensitive to the sunlight, we could prescribe glasses that are tinted, which will allow them to see things without that kind of discomfort. Number two, there's many children who are color deficient. They have problems seeing certain colors, and we could prescribe tinted lenses that will help them to see certain colors a bit more easily. And then number three, we can also prescribe certain colored lenses, such as yellow or orange lenses, and this could make things look brighter and sharper for kids who have poor contrast vision. So those are some of the main reasons why we'll prescribe glasses for children. <clears throat> now, one of the things that's going to be very, very important is that when children go to have their eyes examined, it is very, very, very important that the doctor thoroughly explains to the parents why the child needs to wear these glasses and also when should the child wear these glasses. There may be situations where a child is prescribed glasses to help him and her to see the letters for reading better. But if a child wears these reading glasses when she's walking to the cafeteria for recess or nutrition, that child may trip and fall because the reading glasses will blur her vision when she's walking. So it's very, very important that parents and also the child knows when they should be wearing these glasses. Should they wear it for reading? Should they wear it when they're copying from the board? Should they wear it out on the playground? Should they wear it all the time? We also are going to recommend that the doctors will write a note. They'll write a report or a letter, and this letter should then be handed to the school. It should be handed to the teacher. It should be handed to the nurse so that everybody at school knows when this child should be wearing these glasses. And third... It would also be very, very important that the teacher, the teacher might go ahead and even give a little talk to all the students in the classroom when a child gets glasses. This could be very helpful because sometimes some kids will make fun of a child who's wearing glasses, but if the teacher explains that these glasses could help that child to see more clearly, many times it's a lot easier for that child to wear glasses. I know that when I was in practice, it was kind of interesting. I could tell sometimes if a child who was fit with glasses for my office, if they really liked them because shortly after, it might be that three or four of their friends from the same school would come in for an eye exam. And when these kids came in, I would say, are you having problems? And they would say, I need glasses. You know, when I hear that kind of a response, I knew that something was sort of fishy there. But it's kind of a nice thing that kids, they accept glasses and they want glasses rather than kids just making fun of the other kids about wearing the glasses. Now, when you do have a child receiving an eye exam, I think it's very important to understand a couple of things. I think that, number one, it's very important to remember that there are really different types of eye doctors for children. Some doctors, they primarily specialize in diagnosing and treating the different types of eye disease. And then number two, there are other doctors who also 
will fit and prescribe glasses for children. As an example, there are many doctors here in Los Angeles who specialize in performing very, very complex types of testing on children, but they don't fit kids with glasses and they usually don't measure the prescription for children. It could often be challenging to measure the prescription for glasses for a child because sometimes a child doesn't look where they're supposed to and you could get an incorrect prescription. So you want to ask the doctor that the child is seeing whether or not that they are comfortable with prescribing glasses for that child and if they are comfortable in fitting the child with specific types of eyeglass frames for children. One of the biggest clues that you could tell is that when you do go to the doctor's office, if you notice that there really aren't many eyeglasses available for the child or the family to choose from, this doctor probably doesn't fit and prescribe many pairs of glasses. But in general, most of the time, it is a pediatric optometrist who specializes in measuring the glasses prescription and fitting the proper types of frames and lenses for the child. Now, the first thing that we do when we examine children to determine whether they need glasses is that we have many different ways that we could measure what the child could see. In some ways, we will use stripes and we'll start off with very, very big stripes and we'll determine whether or not the child could see the stripes. And then we'll show them another card. And this next card will have slightly thinner stripes. And eventually we'll get to a card that has stripes that are so thin, it's almost impossible to see the stripes. So we could see what is the narrowest set of stripes the child could see, and we could then determine what is the clarity of sight the child has with that eye. We'll then repeat the same test with the opposite eye, so we can get an idea as to whether or not one eye is a bit stronger than the other. The next thing that we'll do is we like to turn on movies or videos or other types of things so the child will watch that video. And there's an instrument that we'll use that is called a retinoscope. And what this instrument does is it shines a beam of light into the eye, and that beam of light it will then focus onto the retina. Now, when we as doctors look inside the retinoscope, we could see that beam of light very, very easily on the retina. And we could tell whether or not that beam of light is focusing sharply or if it's focusing blurred on the child's retina. If the image of the beam of light is very blurred on the retina, we know that the child isn't seeing that movie very sharply. So what we then do is that we then can put lenses in front of the child's eyes until that beam of light is very crisp and focused. And then at that time, we know that is really the power of glasses that would allow the child to see it clearly. And then we'll do the same thing with the other eye. We go to the other eye, shine the beam of light in there, put the lenses in front of the eye until it's very, very sharp, and then we have our glasses prescription. So 
we could measure what prescription a child would need, regardless of whether the child is or is not able to speak. You know, many times people think that you have to ask the person which is clear, number one or number two, to determine their glass of prescription. But pediatric optometrists and pediatric ophthalmologists are often very, very experienced in using this instrument, and we can then measure the glasses prescription of the child very, very quickly. It usually will take no longer than one minute to really measure that type of a prescription. Now, once the doctor has determined that prescription, the doctor in his or her mind has a lot of information that will help the doctor to know what type of glasses would be helpful. <clears throat> Excuse me. For example, some children may have a prescription that is very, very mild. And the prescription may be so mild that the doctor may choose not to recommend glasses because of the fact that the doctor understands that with time, the child will develop better focusing skills, the eye may change shape, and there's a good likelihood that the child will not need glasses in the future. So in these cases, many, many children we will not prescribe glasses for because we want the eye to grow and develop. If we were to prescribe glasses for some of these children, these children may become dependent on the glasses. So as a result, it is often better not to prescribe glasses for some of those children so that their eye muscles can develop and these kids can then develop better vision without being dependent on glasses. Now there's other cases where the degree or the strength of the prescription needed by the child may be slightly higher. And when it's at a level that is higher than is expected for that age, the likelihood that these kids can grow and develop and not need glasses is very, very low. So for these kids, we will prescribe the glasses because we know that the glasses will help the child to see better now, and we know that the likelihood of this child growing older and not needing glasses is very, very low. And then the third case is that there may be a child who has a need for a even stronger prescription, and it is an absolute must that this child wears glasses or maybe a contact lens, or there's even some kids who might even need both. We had a child today who came into our clinic, and this child had a very, very high prescription. And the only way to get the best vision for the child is we prescribed a contact lens, and then on top of the contact lens, the child would then wear glasses. The reason we just couldn't do one contact lens is that they don't make contact lenses that are that powerful. The reason we didn't just do it in glasses is that the glasses would be so thick that the child would be very, very uncomfortable wearing those types of glasses. So the doctor is going to be thinking about whether or not to prescribe glasses based on the power of that prescription. And also based on that type of prescription, the doctor is going to then know in his or her mind what type of lens material to use. In other words, should the doctor be using something called polycarbonate plastic, which is a very 
thin, very lightweight, and very durable plastic material that we use for most children? Or does the doctor want to use a different type of material? There might be something that's called a high-index lens that allows the doctor to make the glasses even thinner so that it's going to be more comfortable for the child to wear the glasses. Based on the prescription, the doctor will also have an idea as to what type of frame should this child use. Now, there are generally two types of frames that work best for children. The frame could be made out of plastic or the frame could be made out of metal. Now, in many, many cases, we're going to find that the type of frame that the child is going to do best with is going to be dependent on the child's face. What is the shape of the child's face? Now, we see a lot of very, very young babies, and when some young babies are are just born and they need glasses, we often find that the front of their face is very, very flat. You know, their nose is sort of flat. They don't have much of a bridge. And even near their region of their forehead and their eyebrows, it almost seems as though that the forehead is not protruding forward. It's kind of flat. Now, when children have some of a flat head that way, if you use a plastic frame, many times the glasses just don't fit well. And when the glasses don't fit well, it's very uncomfortable for the child to wear these glasses. If they don't have a large enough bridge of the nose and you put a plastic frame on them, sometimes the glasses are sitting so close to the child's face that the lenses of the glasses are touching the eyelashes of the child. So every time that the child blinks, the eyelashes are touching the lens and it's very, very annoying. So for children who have a face that's very flat or a bridge that is not developed, most Asian kids do not have a developed bridge, we usually will use a frame that's going to have adjustable nose pads. And these are the little pads that protrude from the frame and they allow the glasses to sit on the nose of the child much more comfortably and it pushes the glasses away from the eyelashes of the child. So, number one, when we're looking at a frame for a child, if the child has a flat face or a flat bridge, we look for either a plastic or a metal frame that has an adjustable nose pad. Adjustable nose pads are something that really makes things a lot, lot easier for the child to wear. The nice thing about the adjustable nose pads is that as a child grows, say that within a month's time the child grows or changes, uh, you could adjust those pads and you could make glasses fit very, very comfortably. The second consideration about whether or not to use a plastic or a metal frame also relates to allergies of the child. You know, there's many times that there are children who have a lot of skin allergies, and you could see that they have rash on their body and such. And for a lot of these kids, the metal from metal frames could be something that causes skin irritation. So in those cases, if a child has a lot of allergies, 
we will also use some of the plastic, plastic types of frames. Some of these plastic frames are made of a very, very special type of material, and the very special type of plastic is hypoallergenic, so that could work very, very nicely as well. Number three, depending on the type of prescription, some children, if they have had cataract surgery and they are getting glasses because they have received cataract surgery, a plastic frame will often hold the lens better. So depending on that type of prescription, sometimes a plastic frame will hold the lenses in better. And there's also other types of plastic frames that are good for kids who are very, very young. There are certain types of plastic frames that are very, very flexible. So if a child were to turn his or her head and then the child is lying on the side of his or her face, these glasses frame, the plastic frame is very flexible and that makes it a little bit easier for the kids to wear. Whereas if a child were wearing a metal frame and then turns his or her head and is lying on the side of his or her face, sometimes those metal frames could start digging into the side of the head and sometimes it's uncomfortable for the kids. So plastic frames are, again, very, very nice. They come in many different colors. They come in different sizes. And they also do come with the nose pad. So there's a lot of a lot of options that are available. Now, as far as the metal frames, the metal frames are something that's often preferred by many parents as a child gets older. I think that when children are a little bit older, maybe three or four, we see that parents want certain looks. And we know that many of the frame manufacturers, they have many metal frames that are really attractive for kids. For example, one company has a Disney line. So on the earpieces, some of the kids, they may notice that there's Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse or some of their favorite characters, and they might want that designer type of frame. There's other types of frames that are truly designer, and some parents want their kids to wear a Giorgio Armani frame. These types of frames are are really, just really, really great high-quality frames. And again, the metal frames, they are a frame that is very, very durable. They do have the nose pads. And I would say the only drawback to the metal frame is that for some children, the metal frame may not hold their glasses prescription quite as well. So, for example, let's say that we have a child who is somewhat aggressive and uh, every time that the glasses are placed on his or her face, he takes the glasses off and he starts bending the frames. Uh, sometimes with certain types of prescriptions, the lenses will pop out of a metal frame easier as compared to some of those plastic frames. So depending on the behavior of the child, the doctor we'll make certain recommendations there for you. Now, when we think about the size of the frames, this is something that's going to be very important. If you are looking for glasses for your child, sometimes it may even be better that you go to a store that simply sells glasses for children. 
okay, there's a store that's in Brea, and I I can't remember exactly where's the second store, but it's called a Child's View. And Sue, do you know where is the other location? Is it Laguna Beach or something? I think I believe it's in Huntington Beach. Oh, Huntington Beach. But a Child's View is a store that only has glasses for children. And it's a very fun place for kids to go and try glasses. And everything about it, I would say, is just really, really great. But the only situation that I would say is that, um, you know, they're they're a bit pricey. Uh, children's glasses at some of these types of places could be as much as three, four, five hundred dollars. And, uh, you know, you got to be careful about that because sometimes we've had a lot of kids where they just picked up their glasses and they're going home and they're riding in the car seat and on the way home they threw the glasses out the window. You know, it's a very expensive mistake. But the reason I mention places like a child's view is that you could get an idea of some of the different types of frames that you might like for your child. And when you're there, you could probably write down what is the name of the frame, what is the size, what is the color. They're usually pretty good about giving you that kind of information. And if you have insurance, uh, such as vision service plan and you go to your eye doctors, most eye doctors could order any kind of frame that you want. So they may not have a large inventory, but if you said, you know, we tried this frame and it really worked pretty well, they can order that for you. And that'll be a way that you can get the type of frame you like and you don't have to have a big, you know, fuss about all that. <clears throat> So you want to go ahead and make certain that the size of it is going to be quite good. And any optician or any doctor, as they're placing the frames on the child, they can get an idea if the frame is fitting properly or not. The biggest mistake that I see with children who are fit with glasses is that they are often fit with glasses that are too large for them. And I think that the reason that many of the glasses are too large is that many children with low vision, they have Medi-Cal insurance. Now, Medi-Cal is an insurance that does pay for glasses for children with low vision. Now, they will only pay a limited amount of money for the glasses. As a result, many of the doctor's offices or optician stores that have glasses for children they often buy glasses that are the most affordable. So let's say, for example, just a round figure, they might buy a bunch of glasses that cost them $10. And these $10 glasses often are going to be too big for for children. And they say, well, this is the smallest we have, and we could heat them and we can adjust them. Why don't we do that? And that usually just does not work. <clears throat> now, the reason that they, they purchase those is because you can purchase many glasses at a price of $10. But if you want glasses that are going to be of different sizes and colors, a lot of these other glasses are going to cost $30, 40 or $50. And the opticians or the doctors, they may choose not to purchase those glasses because they know that 
the insurance will never pay them that much. So they may purchase glasses for $10, knowing that the insurance company will reimburse them for that. But as a result, the child gets a pair of glasses that don't fit properly. When the glasses don't fit properly, it's very, very uncomfortable for them to wear the glasses. The glasses will start to slide down the child's nose. The lenses may begin to hit the eyelashes. And there's a lot of pressure on the ears because the glasses are too heavy because they're larger. The second thing to think about as you're looking at the glasses is the earpiece. Now, the earpiece is the piece that goes from the front of the glasses and then it wraps around the ears of the child to keep the glasses on the child's face. And that earpiece is also called a temple, a temple. When the doctor is placing the glasses on your child, many times the doctor is going to have to order a temple that fits your child's head. If the temple is too short, the child won't be able to wear the glasses because it's going to hurt the top of the ear. If the temples are too long, the glasses are going to slide down your child's nose and the child will be uncomfortable wearing that. So you want to make certain that the doctor and the optician is looking at the temple very carefully and most of the time they're going to order a special size temple. There's also different styles of temples. Some temples will have a cable. It's like a very soft rubbery wire and it will wrap around the child's ear. And this is a type of cable that helps to keep the glasses on the child's face. So when we see children who are still crawling, that type of cable temple works very, very good so that when a child is crawling, the glasses don't fall off of his or her face. There's other temples that even will have different types of straps. And these straps can go around the back of the head. Sometimes they go around the back and the top of the head. And there's many different varieties. And these really work very, very well sometimes for the child who's always trying to pull the glasses off or also for children who many times are wearing hearing aids. We've had many situations where some of the children that we have seen, they have abnormally developed ears. And so it's almost as they don't have an ear. So we have had to use some of the temples with a special strap, and that's a way that we could keep the glasses on, even though the child doesn't have an ear to support the, the glasses. So the temple is also very, very, very important. And then when you're looking at how the glasses are fitting on the child's face, when you put the glasses on the child, you can tell right away. If the child is just pulling the glasses off, you know that you're going to have to do some work to prepare the child to wear glasses. You're going to massage the child around the face, around the temples, around the ears to get the child accustomed to wearing the glasses. Then you'll start to put the glasses on during something your child really likes. If your child really likes taking a bath, put the glasses on in the bathtub. 
If your child really likes to be read to, put the glasses on at that time. Anything that he or she really enjoys, that could then be thought of almost as a positive association for the child. And shortly after, you know, the child will adapt very, very well to wearing these types of glasses. Now, warranties are very, very important with glasses. Most children's frames have warranties. So if a child takes the glasses home and chews them and breaks them, most of these frames are warranted. So the doctor's office or the optician, they could take those glasses back and they will give you a new frame at no charge. So when you're purchasing glasses, you want to ask about the warranty and the return policy. We have many situations where children will break their glasses, you know, either by accident or by plane or on purpose, and it's really great. Family could just bring the glasses back, and we could give them a brand new frame, and it's no cost for anybody. Another thing to consider with a lot of these frames for children is the flexibility of the frame. There are certain types of materials, such as titanium frames, and these are frames that you could twist and turn and pull, and they go back to the original shape. They are more expensive, but they usually work really well for kids, especially kids who are a little bit more aggressive, because these kids are kind of rough on the glasses or they're playing sports, and then we don't have to repair the glasses all the time. They go back into their original shape. Another important feature when we talk about the glasses is some of them have what are called spring temples. And what this means is that if a child takes the glasses off with one hand and pulls at the temple, <clears throat> the temples have a spring in it so that it doesn't immediately just snap the glasses. This adds to the durability. And we find that glasses will last pretty well for, you know, a good two years when you have some of these types of frames that are high-quality frames. So overall, I think it's always better to purchase a frame that is going to be the high quality because, number one, it's more comfortable on the child. And number two, they're warrantied, so it will usually save the parents money in the long run. As far as insurance, if you have Medi-Cal or you have Vision Service Plan insurance, these types of insurances are very, very good about paying for glasses and frames. The doctor's offices that specialize in children, they know how to write the reports so that these will be covered by the insurance. Now, there may be some doctors who don't want to write the reports and they may try to sell you a frame that maybe is too large or is more convenient. But there's a lot of offices out there that will do that extra work so that the child is wearing a frame that is very, very comfortable, very effective, and, and looks good too. So we're going to go ahead and open it up to questions. And to ask questions, if you would unmute your phone by pressing star six and if you would like to, you can introduce yourself and ask your question, or you could just go ahead and ask your question. Okay, so please unmute your phone, and we'll open up to any any questions. Star six. 
Sue, do you have any questions? Um, not right now. I think um, I you just did a great job of explaining all this to us. I am, um, you know, again, we want to thank you so much for your um, this great lecture. Um, I think if anybody else wants to wants to offer a question, that'd be great. Oh, thank you. Any questions out there? This is Patty. Hi. I just wanted to make a comment that the Lions Club uh, still offers eye exams and eyeglass services free of charge. They typically just need a recommendation from a school nurse uh, to do that. Oh, that's great. So what what would be the procedure? Um, should any of the teachers or nurses or parents, should they just contact their local Lions Club to see when is the next vision clinic day that they're doing? Uh, that sounds good, Dr. Bill. I don't have details, but I think just uh, if people use the Internet, they could just Google Lions Club and find out. I know there's some information there. Uh, I'm not sure what their local place would be, the connection there, but... That's that's really a great that's really a great tip. I know that here in Los Angeles we just did a, a clinic like that where we volunteered our time and the Lions Club they brought out their um, recreational vehicle that had all the equipment and they had all the frames and it it was just wonderful. I mean it was a great way we could help so many kids. Well, so you approached them and they uh, came on site. They have pardon, a pardon me. So you invited them to come to your event, and they did these exams? Well, for this particular event, they had already had this uh, event scheduled. They had this event scheduled at a at a, uh, a park, and they were looking for doctors who were experienced okay. in examining children. So we, we brought our crew of doctors and our opticians, and it, it was just really great, but they had outstanding frames available for these kids. I mean, it was just, it was, it was just perfect. So that's a great point. Contact your Lions Club and ask them if they're going to be having a vision screening day soon. And if they are not going to have one soon, you could also explain to them your situation. You might say, you know, my child is visually impaired and is really in need of glasses. Unfortunately, we, we don't have any insurance, and we would like to ask this Lions Club to help. And I have known the Lions Club, individual Lions Club, to do a fundraiser, or they just pull the money out of their bank account, and they would pay for these kids to come to our clinic and have a complete exam. So they're, they're, they're right. wonderful. Yeah. Another comment or question by somebody else? Does anybody else have a comment about uh, glasses or has anybody else run into any other problems just like what we mentioned earlier where the child doesn't know when or why or where to wear their glasses? I think one thing that, this is, this is Sue, Dr. Bill, um, one of the things I think that sometimes we run into quite a bit is just helping families have the perseverance to keep the glasses on and some of the strategies of, you know, children when they do start taking, you know, when they first get prescribed um, and they have to, and the, and the prescription is to wear the glasses at all times or as much as possible and the child continues to take them off, um, you know, helping families with suggestions um, on how to do that. One question I would have is, is, 
I know sometimes we'll get a we'll get a request from the doctor and the family will hear they should be wearing them all the time, but clearly that may not be as possible. Do you have a feeling about whether or not a child can wear a glass, you know, begin to wear the glasses for a period of time and then build up on that because I can build up from that initial period of time. They maybe maybe they'll wear them for 30 minutes and then they start to really struggle with them. Um, what do, what is your philosophy about that? Should should we just constantly keep putting them back on or maybe help a family build the stamina with the child a bit more? Yeah, I think that for the child who has difficulty wearing the glasses all the time, the first thing that I'm going to look at is to make certain that the glasses are adjusted properly. I think that one of the reasons kids may not wear glasses is because that they're uncomfortable. It might be that there's a little more pressure on one ear or one nose or, or, or one part of the nose compared to another, but many times a slight adjustment can help that. The second mm-hmm. reason that kids may often not wear glasses is many of them are tactile defensive mm-hmm. and they just are very sensitive to having things on their face. Others have sensory issues that with glasses on, they see things so clearly or they see so much that they become overstimulated. Mm-hmm. Um, we see this very often with kids who have disorders of the autism spectrum. So I recommend that we just go on slowly and allow the child to wear the glasses as long as he or she will wear it. And when he or she has had enough, let the glasses go off for 10, 15 minutes, and then we'll resume, put the glasses on and do something that the child really likes. Mm-hmm. And, and we find that with time they, they can. But I think if you're too forceful or mm-hmm. you punish the child, they often will not really understand why they're being punished or they might associate the glasses mm-hmm. with this punishment and then they really don't want to wear the glasses. So I would say if you could start off at 10 minutes a day and then by the next month you're at 30 minutes a day and by the following month you're maybe at an hour, you know, you're, you're going in the right direction. Right. And within time these kids will, will, do, will do well with it. Okay. Yeah, I, I liked your earlier suggestion about starting out children, like in the bathtub, that type of thing. If they like an activity, start your classes, begin the process by, in an, in, during an activity they really like. I think that's something we try to encourage families to do. Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, great. Thanks. Good. It was really good suggestions, great suggestions, Dr. Bill. Thank you. Thank you. Does anybody else have any other comments or any other questions? Okay. Well, this podcast, it's going to be put up on Airs LA perhaps by the end of the week. And, uh, it will then later be on the Braille Institute webpage, uh, perhaps by early next week. And Sue, can you tell everybody about the next, uh, telephone conference that we're going to be having? Sure. Um, <laughs> this will be a good one for all of us who struggled with re- reading doctor reports. <laughs> and basically it's titled How to Read an Eye Report. So when you get those reports from your eye doctor, from the child's eye doctor, um, basically what do all those numbers and and um, letters sound mean? <laughs> I kind of think. So <laughs> you can help us with that. That'd be great, Doctor Bill. Great, great. And and if any of you uh, who are on the call tonight, I know there's a lot of you on the call, and many may have questions. If you do have questions and are just a bit shy to ask it, uh, you could always email me any questions at Doctor Bill Foundation. 
It's D-R-B-I-L-L Foundation at gmail.com. And again, I'd like to uh, thank Mr. Joe Yurka from Airs LA for recording this uh, podcast this evening. So we look forward to seeing all of you uh, next month on the second Tuesday in November, and we'll try to decipher how to read those eye doctor charts, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, everybody, and have a great Halloween. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Bill. Thank you, Sue. Bye-bye.